I don't know about you, but I am really glad to be in church this morning. After missing Easter last year, it's good to be together this year with our church family and celebrating Easter as a body in the same room. We're also glad that people are joining us online this morning and thankful for the opportunity to worship together in that way as well. You know, this week I learned that my first grade teacher passed away. Mrs. Waits was really important to me at the time. I mean, this, is, this has been a while, okay? I get it. It's 45 years ago. But it was, she was important at the time. My mom taught second grade in the same school, so they were friends. She became a family friend and just was really important to me growing up. And maybe most important because we went to her house one night, and her sons had decided they were too old for Legos. They were a little older than me. So I inherited a big box of Legos. Never had even heard of them before. Didn't know what they were. So that was a huge deal for me. Now I mention all that today because over the last two years, since we last gathered for Easter, we've lost some people that we love. We've had a lot of funerals as a church. A lot of services where we couldn't even have a funeral. We just had to gather in the cemetery and remember someone. And my guess is that almost everyone in the room, and those joining us online as well, have been touched by the death of someone that you deeply cared about. Maybe even a parent, maybe a child, unfortunately. We've had that. We've had people who've died from COVID, but lots of other things. We've had people who were very old, and we've had some people who were way too young. And when we think back about that, and, and what that brings to our hearts, it's pretty tough. I mean, grief is a difficult thing, and it can make us feel like life is sort of falling apart, like we just don't know what to do with it. We, we feel things changing, and we'll never be able to make them the same again. But what death also does is it reminds us of our own mortality, right? I mean, when we face the death of someone we love, we're reminded that our bodies do get sick and they get old and they die and we have to face that. And as much as we might like to pretend that's not going to happen to me, push it off into the future, the truth is it's real. And we're sometimes reminded of that in very real ways. And it's a challenge in life. And the truth is that the power of death is real. I mean, in this series that we're calling Made Whole, one of the things that I've noted all along the way is that We were created for a purpose, and and that purpose is to reflect the nature and glory of God by who we are. And God created us in His image, and what that means is there is something of God in us that we've been called to communicate to other people. And when the power of evil eventually ends our lives in death, it feels like that mission's over, because how are we going to reflect the glory of God if we're not even alive. So what do we as Christians do with that? How do we deal with that? If death makes us feel like life is coming apart, like it's broken in pieces, as we've talked about through this series and finishing up today, how does God make that whole? What can God do with that? That's just what I want us to talk about on this Easter Sunday morning. And in fact, that's the reason we're here, isn't it? That's the good news of the gospel. Now, we've been in Romans chapter 6, and we've been thinking about and our chapters 4 through 6, today we're in 6, thinking about these difficult truths. I mean, they are not easy to wade through. Read Romans 4 through 6. It's hard going. You have to think about every line. And yet, if you do it, what you find is a deeper, fuller, and richer understanding of what Jesus has done, of the difference that Jesus makes in all of our lives. And so, last week, I began to talk about Jesus' power over sin. 
where, where Romans says, where Paul says in this book, where we were dead to sin because of Christ. And he takes baptism and he says, okay, it's a death, it's a burial, it's a resurrection. So in baptism, we're putting something to death. And we'll come back to that in a minute. But we're also, we're also getting new life. And so Paul begins in Romans chapter 6, verse 5, talking about that new life. This is what he says. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, in baptism, okay, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now what's Paul talking about? I think Paul's actually operating on a couple of different levels here. He's talking first about the resurrection of Jesus, okay? That, that's what we got to make clear, that Jesus died, he was buried, and then he was alive again. Now, we find that story at the end of every one of the Gospels, all four. You can read the last couple chapters of the Gospels. You'll find that story recorded in any of them. If you haven't done that this Easter season, take a few minutes this afternoon. It won't take that long. And read through it and hear those words speak to you. Now, they tell the story. Paul helps us understand what it means. And what we find is that there were other people in the New Testament and even a few in the Old Testament who were given life, right? I mean, we can talk about Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. He was buried. He was in the grave. Jesus called him out. But what we find out about every one of those other people who was raised from the dead is that they all died again. It's sort of like resuscitation. Like they're given life back, but they still age. They still get sick. They still die. For Jesus, it's different. What the Gospels show us is that Jesus' body was changed. It was transformed. It was inherently different. It was still physical. Jesus ate. They could still see him, touch him. But he was so different at times, people had a little trouble recognizing him. And Jesus didn't die again. Jesus' body was, yeah, physical, but not mortal. What that tells us is that there's something in store for us. And so, in Romans 6, 5, when Paul says, yeah, we've been united in a death like his, we'll also be united in a resurrection like his, I think Paul is saying that means a couple things for us. Number one, when we come up out of baptism, then it's like new life. We are changed. Something is different about us than when we went into baptism. And so Christ is offering us new life. We were sinful, now we're dead to sin. That's what we talked about last week. We'll come back to that in just a second. But I think Paul is saying that this new life that we have, we are not enslaved by sin. But he's also looking forward. He's also looking forward to when Jesus returns and all those who follow Jesus are raised from the dead. And so we're anticipating that. I mean, even as we think about those people that we love, that we've lost over the past couple years, so many of them faithful believers, some of them part of our church. We look forward to seeing them again because we know they will be raised just like Jesus was, transformed, different, not the same, not mortal. Physical, yes. Mortal, no. And so Jesus is pointing to resurrection now and resurrection in the future. But before he continues, he talks a little more about death. Verse 6, for we know that our old self, everything we are, that's what that word means, our old self was crucified with him 
so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. There's a death. And in fact, what Paul is communicating is that not just part of us, but the old self, the person, and they're gone. And we might say, well, there were some good things about that person. Yeah, there was. God created you. But we were corrupted. And we were created to reflect the image of God. But instead of doing that, we chose whatever pleased me, right? Whatever I want to do, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It doesn't matter if I'm worshiping God or worshiping the stuff that God made. That's what we did. And because of that, it's called idolatry, we became enslaved to sin. And, and Paul is saying, we let that die. Because we knew there was something better in store. Paul says, you know, when you're dead, you can't sin anymore. So we weren't enslaved to sin because that death has already happened. And yeah, sometimes we still sin. We know it. But it's different. Because of repentance, again, we talked about that last week, we're changed. Then it continues this thought about life. Verse 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. So Paul's saying, listen, you know, when Jesus was raised, that was it. His body was different. We can't have another resurrection of Jesus because Jesus can't die again. Jesus still had a physical body, but not a mortal body. And he's offering the same thing to us. And then he closes the thought in verse 10. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. Okay, it happened one time. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We don't have to be enslaved to sin because we have died to sin. We are changed. Christ is offering us new life now, and he's offering us new life for eternity. So as we look around this world that at times feels so, so filled and dominated with death, Jesus is offering life. We might put it this way. Jesus offers life in the face of death. When it feels like death is in control, Jesus says no. And he is raised from the dead. And he offers us that same kind of resurrection. So on this Easter Sunday, we are celebrating the fact that he did return to life. And that he did defeat death. And I think because Jesus can offer us life in the face of the power of death that seems so real in our world, we as Christians should be characterized by three words. Three things that are part of who we are because of resurrection. And the first is hope. We live in a world that sometimes feels hopeless. A world that has death sort of bearing down on it, suffering everywhere we look, and it's a struggle. And, and we as Christians are saying, you know what? Yeah, there's suffering. Yeah, there's death. We've experienced it. We know what it's like. We're not saying everything's easy. What we're saying is, in the face of all that, God offers life. And because there's life, there's hope. 
Because we're not looking at what's happening only just like right now. We're seeing what God is doing. That God's Spirit is on the move. That things are happening. And that it's moving forward to a time when God's going to pull everything back together and restore what He made so that all of creation fulfills the purpose that we have of showing God's glory and giving Him glory. And so we, when we recognize resurrection, understand that there is real hope in a world that seems so full of suffering and death. Second word that we're characterized by is holiness. Uh, we, can, we don't have time to read through all of what, what is in the rest of Romans 6, but here's what Paul says. If you live in light of the resurrection, if you live this new life where you're raised, then you're going to live in a different way. Because you see that you've gotten a gift, and that gift is life. And when you've got that gift, you're going to use that gift for the one who gave it to you. And because God has offered you new life, you're going to spend that life sacrificing it to Him. And not, not sacrifice in a negative way of I'm giving up everything I like, but saying, you know what? If it pleases God, if it allows me to fulfill my purpose of showing people who God is, I'm going to do it. If it means going in difficult places, I'll do it. If it means giving some stuff up that I sort of like, yeah, I'll do it. If it means that I give up stuff that I like to do that I know is just wrong, I'll do it because it feels so much better to reflect God's glory and God's nature than to just pursue what I want in the moment. Because that's life. That's resurrection. That's a refusal to be enslaved by sin. And so we become a people of holiness, of being set apart, not in a way that's weird, but in a way that says, I love God and I want to give him everything I've got. Third word, and that's healing. We do live in a world that's hurting. People who have been bruised and wounded by death and suffering. And in the midst of a world that seems pretty dark, what we've done today is gather together to celebrate what is good and pure and holy. And as much as all those things that come our way, like death and suffering, may bring us harm, this is a place where we celebrate healing, where we celebrate what God can do, how God can change lives, how He can bring families back together. Couples who feel like maybe a divorce is in store for them can make them whole again. People who are struggling with addiction, all these things God can be at work in. It doesn't mean that there's not things that we can do, but it means God can be right in the middle of it and bring healing. We are people who celebrate the healing power of God. And so we offer hope. And we show that we want to be holy, not to say we're better than somebody else, just as much like God as we can be in our broken state. And we celebrate healing. You see, all this goes back to what this series has been from the very beginning. We feel broken. It's what life does to us sometimes. We feel shattered. And what we need from God is for Him to 
in his power and his holiness and his healing to take those pieces. And sometimes he, he puts them together like they were, but more often than not, what God does is take the broken pieces of our lives and make them into something far better than they ever were. I mean, that's what resurrection is, right? It's not just like Lazarus breathing life into the body that's already there, but transforming that body and making it eternal. Making it better than it ever was. More prepared to fulfill its purpose than ever before. That's the heart of the gospel. And that's what we're celebrating today. Jesus offers life in the face of death. Let's pray together. God, we celebrate resurrection today. We celebrate what we know to be true in Jesus. That he offers us life, even as the world is filled with death. And so God, make us an outpost of that life that offers healing and hope to the world around us. And help us to reflect you in all that we do. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and continue to worship.